Hello and welcome back to the Evolving Hockey Podcast. We're glad you clicked on our podcast tonight or today, whenever you're listening. My name is Sean and I'm joined by the Evolving Wild Twins, Josh and Luke Youngren. It's December 12th. What's up, Sean? What's up, Sean? 13th when we release this. Yeah, it is. uh, We're we're, we're a third of the way through the season. I think that is kind of the official point, right? Are we? I think we hit it it over the weekend. I think we probably can no longer say the season's still early, right? We're now in the season. The season now that now is when the takes start flowing. Yeah, now is when the takes can really be backed up by evidence, right? (laughs) Which is nobody nobody made the joke about the twenty five game mark as the Corsi Corsi day. Was that a thing? I mean, I remember that was. Well, I remember there used to there was a. Oh, a long time ago. Nobody's really brought this up in a while, but basically that Corsi is most predictive of future results at the 25 game mark or something, which is kind yeah. of, it's not exactly, that doesn't. Well, that was, that was I honestly, I guess I, this is a little bit of a, you know, modern statistics or hockey stats history is that that was the, I remember that was always the thing that people would look at is around Thanksgiving, they would look at team, like, you know, uh, standings and then also Corsi, just like five on five Corsi for percentage. And the teams that were, you know, and they would rank them because I think there were a couple years in a row. We probably talked about this where the the teams that fell off that had really, really hot starts with not really good metrics to back them up. Um, that was originally like kind of the thing that I think caught hold early on was and then that kind of led into the idea of like predictive metrics and stuff. So like, you know, which doesn't get brought up too much anymore. Um, well, as much as it used to, I think for a long time, that was one of the things that like, for instance, was like the. People still preferred, like, say, like Corsi or shot attempts over expected goals or over scoring chances or whatever. Um, and so, so, based on this, the uh, the Hurricanes are winning the cup. Then is that <laughs> is that how in are the Devils? The, where are the what game mark are we at? Like twenty eight. Well, so or? I was just looking. The median teams games played is twenty eight, at least through yesterday. So it's probably a little higher. So twenty eight games is basically where. It's not average. It's whatever. Somewhere in the 28, <laughs> 27 was, to 29. I was mark. so confused. Like, I was thinking about this, like, because obviously, like, 82 is not divisible by, like, basically anything. Well, like, it well, is, but, like, <laughs> you divide it by. <laughs> you try hard enough, you yeah. can divide anything by You can, else. but it's, about, it's divisible by two, but not by four, right? Yeah. And, I don't know. I'm not like, bad the at major math. fractions is not divisible by. It's not divisible by three. It's not divisible by five. Like the NHL no. hates us. I don't, it's not even divisible by six. Right? Is forty-one a yeah. prime number? I yeah yeah. Forty-one is a prime number. Yeah, so that's the right. There's probably some math thing. If any, if you're a math person, I out think. There, there's probably wait, wait, some... wait. So eighty-two <laughs> is only divisible by two and forty-one. It's only divisible by prime numbers. Isn't there like a fancy word for that too? That's what I any. was thinking. Yeah. Well, eighty-one's not a prime number. Whatever. Wait, eighty-two is not a or 80, 40... 82... Wait no, so eighty two is prime. <laughs> now I'm screwing myself. Anywho, what's the de- let's get into the definition so then, of what a prime I'll, number is. Sorry, continue, Sean. It's something that's only um, semi prime. It's semi prime because oh. it only has uh, two. Yeah, or yeah, a, in mathematics, a semi prime is a natural number that is the product of exactly two prime numbers. Oh, okay, they're so, also sometimes called bi primes. So eighty two is a semi prime number. Yeah, right. I didn't know that. It was a term, actually. I, I guess this will be our only reference to Seahawk since we mentioned this, you know, the entire podcast last week. But as Micah said in his talk, he is not a statistician. He's a math- mathematician. I am by no, I am the opposite. I don't math. Uh-uh. I don't do math <laughs> the, well. The classical math stuff. I was yeah. terrible at that in, that shit and call in, in I, oh, everything. I really miss, 
I had fun with calculus in, in high school. Like I took AP Calc and I got like the five on the test and then I never took calculus ever again. Like <laughs> I actually enjoyed learning about calculus because I felt like there was like real world applications. Yeah. Well, but I can't even, I don't have anything it. to, I have nothing to contribute here because the end of my math, well, so I took, we took pre-calc, pre-calculus like sophomore year and we had a well our teacher was very weird and well anyway completely different story but i didn't take calculus i never took calculus at all yeah so i don't like i stopped at pre-calc and then in college i had i took us uh no we took ap stats in high school so yeah we took ap statistics the last term of our senior year in, in high school and i like literally slacked off so much in that class i got a one on the test <laughs> and uh i took it i don't i didn't need to take it and um yeah i don't know i just don't learn like math and wait, statistics wait, wait, wait. you only took it the last semester the test yeah, is in was, spring yeah, you guys, yeah. Was like, full, you guys didn't have full year classes i with i don't think no. ap stats was a full year of it doesn't Our, that like, sound like a subject you spend the whole year on if you're gonna yeah well yes. we, we took ap chemistry starting oh. our senior year i was so terrible at chemistry i lit i think we just i just dropped i think that was a full year class and no, i just we, like I, we were in ap chemistry together the whole year which is not that common in high school well luke and i were usually not in the same courses like in the same classes like as twins our mom also split us up like in elementary school we never had the same class or whatever but as we got into high school and we started taking ap courses and whatnot we would sometimes be in it but we were in that together and we definitely stayed in that the whole year but i knew within the first week that i was not going to be taking the ap course oh yeah that's what it so was. we i did ap chemistry i had no idea what i was doing i never figured it out did you do but well yeah, in chemistry before the ap i enjoyed it I, yeah well we they had i took honors chemistry the year before that i enjoyed and then i was like oh that we chemistry ap chemistry would be fun and i it when it when you bumped it up to AP level, I was like, I don't understand any of this stuff. Yeah, and it, it was like terrible. But anyway, the thing about like a lot of I I've found personally with statistics and well math, not really because I had, but like statistics, I just don't learn stats from like the traditional way it's taught in schools. Like they all start with these very base foundational levels, and that was not it. Didn't make any sense. There's all these symbols. There's all these things that are supposed to mean things, and they're represented <laughs> by symbols. And it's like, I don't get this. This doesn't make any it, sense to it's me. It's kind of ironic because, as a lot of people know, Luke and I were music majors in college, and we've been kind of we're trained musicians. And you know, musical notation is is there's a parallel there between <laughs> mathematical notation and musical notation, where you have to. There are a lot of people who are really good at music who can't read music, and I'm not saying that's the exact same thing, but like, I. Love Luke was a theory composition. Yeah, major. I love musical he notation. Wrote, that was his whole degree was writing musical notation. But when it comes to mathematical like formula notation and shit, I my brain just does not. It just shut off. Yeah. And so, so I think to, to mainly your point is that I when I started doing more hands on like almost data analysis like data sciencey type stuff, um, I think the spatial aspects of statistics was something that really was easy for me to grasp. But I think when you put it in writing and the way that it was taught in high school and college even because i took an intro to stats class in college as just to kind of fulfill a i think what was it quantitative credit i think they were called i i just have really have a hard time with classroom teaching of statistics um which is kind of interesting you know and i did too honestly which is weird and like i was so (laughs) just because like i don't know some of it too is like just not stuff i like learned from here so stuff that I had to pick up. Granted, like I had the highest grade in the class, like we're all good. But like, that's the only time too that someone. So, 
Get, get, get a subtle like my, flex in there, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was like my sophomore or junior year. And I do the final or whatever, and I finish early. And I go to the bathroom, and I come out of the bathroom, and like some kid is panicking. We had to save our whole thing onto a flash drive. Like oh. We had Excel sheets or whatever, and like we turned it in, and like, I think into like a zip file. And um, like at least we did everything like in Excel. Like that was good. And like there's generally like formats. Yeah. Um, and like yeah, like some guy, some kid wanted to like buy my flash drive for a hundred dollars. <laughs> I was like, dude, it's not worth it. Like and I felt bad for the kid who even was like that panicked to ask. Like, yeah. It was almost like he was probably sitting in the class, like looking at it like it was a different language. Cause it's yeah, just, well, you know. and honestly, one of the problems for me was that I found with, especially in college when I took the like intro to stats class, which I did fine on, but the things that they teach you is more um, like, well, I don't even really remember. Mine, like, mine was a higher level. Mine was like a two yeah. or three under level class. Yeah, and the thing was, it was like, I remember that the way I had to learn or I found myself learning was to get a good grade, and so I ended up memorizing a lot of the things, but it didn't actually ever stick with me well they, so I would they didn't have it. any like application yeah, i didn't, I didn't have any know how to use these it. concepts so i would i would like go into the i would be like okay i have a test coming up and i would study and i would memorize these formulas or these approaches and then i would go to the test and i would remember them but then when i left i would immediately forget them and because i never used them so i guess we should we've been spending too much time talking about statistical and mathematical knowledge or learning in school but um is you don't need don't I, I don't think you I, I think the the point is that you can you can learn quite a bit about statistics by not taking it or doing well in it because Luke and I sucked at it yeah <laughs> in, in, so in like a, you have you know a lot of the time situation. you have to have an application that you can you know a question I mean this is the thing that like a lot most of the time you hear pretty much everyone say if like when the question comes up like oh how do I get into data science or how do I get interested in hockey sports analytics or sports yeah. statistics it's like Honestly, the first thing is you need to have a question that you want to answer. Because I bet Sean, first... you when you first started like getting kind of into the you know advanced stats and hockey, or whatever. I'm sure that you had like you were driven to like by something that you wanted to figure out, right? Or was it just your love for the Bruins when you were 12? <laughs> the Bruins? Uh, no. Um, ooh. Well, like I first started getting interested in it when I don't know earlier on in high school like before before i ever got involved i was like hey, i'm good at math i get a's sounds like a little niche thing that i could have and i don't i think i was completely wrong with that <laughs> how i got involved though was would largely with tracking passes i think i was interested yeah i was just interested in the effects that passes had on like shot quality like yeah so yeah that was like the thing that tickled my tongue and i don't know what <laughs> is that a phrase tickles, but like you know tickled your yeah, fancy yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then I, I yeah, like, yeah, from there. And I think that's one of the things for us. Like we were, I was really driven mostly by just I thought it was really fascinating. And we had kind of gotten into, um, we had early on gotten into sabermetrics or like the baseball side of stuff, which because we played baseball until we went to college, and I thought that was really interesting. And then I think the thing we I don't know we're talking about this way too long, but I it was for it's us all relevant. Yeah, it's, it's all, all statistics. But for me, it was I always wanted to make our own WAR, our wins above replacement metric. But in order, and so that was what drove us, which is a whole basically you have to i, I mean honestly it, we had to end up kind of creating the website more or less i mean you know making yeah. all of the the stuff that's on the site to do that um it kind of is you know and so that was yeah but i think that for me learning like that was much more because i had a, a goal well, that's I, had, like, how I, learned, I wanted to answer right? i learned best generally that way anyway where it's like i need to figure it out myself most of the time yeah. um i can like Which, people can yeah. steer me in a direction but it's not going to click until i actually like 
do it and understand what I'm doing. You know, I think that was kind of the drive. But yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's. Do, uh, we, do you want to stop <laughs> dancing around the topic and just talk about Tage Thompson? Tage Thompson. <laughs> Am do I going to have to put directly into that? Because yeah, I yeah, miss I, <laughs> I missed the game, and I'm kind of upset oh. that I missed the game. I went to UMass's last game before Christmas break uh, against Merrimack. <laughs> And then I like I'm on my phone. Actually, I think my friend said it first. He's like the Sabres. Oh no, I think maybe it was me. Whatever. But me and my friend were both sitting there like checking the scores the whole night, the whole first <laughs> period specifically. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a second, Tage Thompson has four goals in the first period. Yeah. And I was just I was getting a a large uh, I was getting a hefty chuckle. Yeah. Hefty <laughs> no, I chuckle, was. I, I was doing the same. I can't remember what we were watching. Well, was, we were, were the wild on that night. I think to, so. It was, and it was definitely fantasy were you related. Somebody. Uh, yeah, we might have been scouting somebody. <laughs> scouting Connor Dewar. You know, uh, nobody reached out about the idea the, about us. Uh, yeah, nobody did send in a scout sheet. Yeah. Like, a, like a scouting report. Another. This is still, nobody this reached is an out. Open, open invitation that we would love to. to if you want to redact all team information yeah. and just send us anyway. anyway. Anyway, I was watching. I think we were watching another game. I can't remember what it was. And I opened up my ESPN app to check my fantasy team. You know, and I like look, and my opponent has like it's like right after the first game started, and my opponent had like twenty some points, and I was like, "What the hell is going?" And I go scroll down. Literally, I just see Tage Thompson, four goals, one assist. There's three <laughs> minutes left in the first period. I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" In I don't know. Did they play in Columbus or in Buffalo? I think they're in Columbus. They played in, in Columbus. Were they? Was it an away game for the Sabers? Uh, anyway, yeah. And yes. so then I just like the timeline was just blowing up with everyone just like yeah, you know, Tage well, and, his yeah. fifth goal, and, well, then, and then I actually I will admit that I did not. I for some reason just and I should know this and maybe I learned this at some point. I thought when a goalie got pulled, it's like when a player gets pulled in baseball and they can't re-enter the game. I did not know. That you can put an, I mean, I think I had forgotten this that the goalie can come back in the game, like and because that's what happened, right? Because you look at how often that happens. I I meant to I go meant look to go at because the thing and I like started. It's I got a couple like, times. Yeah, but I was gonna say that I got like really worried because I was like, hold on, did I just have I never done anything with this? And I was like going through my head of things that this could have impacted and like, did I actually forget <laughs> this? Did I should like to just not deal with this at all? But the only thing that it matters is the start. Most of the time it's finding starting goalie in a game. I, um, I'm surprised it doesn't happen most more often than it does. Obviously like the most famous one was like Luanga going to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, classic. <laughs> but I think like um, Ken Hitchcock did it like a couple of times, like when he was with the Blues specifically, like where he would pull one of the goalies and then put them back in, like for the next period or like yeah. Yeah. media timeout. He would just like give them a breather and let them regroup themselves. I'm surprised that doesn't happen more often than it does. Yeah, it's kind. Of, it was just funny because I was like looking at the game and then you know then after like they were all because I saw that Corpusalo got pulled after like he gave up. Four goals on five shots, I think, or three. No, three goals on four shots. I can't remember, but he got pulled like immediately. And then Ms. <laughs> Lincolns came in, and then like, yeah, it was just like really funny um, to see that. And it's just like, I don't know. And then all the discourse around it, like the timeline was going crazy with Tage Thompson talk, and you know, Sabres love, you know, Twitter it just goes crazy. And it was just funny because like, I mean, what a weird player. I don't. I just sorry. don't like. I don't like the the idea that some people saw this coming. Like, oh so, no, 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 yeah. I, you mean like, Columbus I think or Tage? Some people. 
I, I think people could see that like Tage Thompson probably had skills that like could eventually have translated into it, but it's like that's like a mystery box, right? Where it's like I don't remember. So like his he played at UConn his draft year. He he was a big part of like making UConn into like a half decent D one school. I feel too. Um, but I want to say like he scored like fourteen goals his draft year. And I think only like one of them was at like even strength. Like I, he was oh, really? just like a power play merchant, like to the T. <laughs> like you know, he's never like scored like this at any level below. Like he's at star le- he's at star level scoring, and he has never scored like a star at any level below this. Like even going back before he went to UConn, before he was like draft eligible, he's just never been like yeah a producer like you would expect with a star. And all of a sudden, like he's coming out of nowhere. And it's like, I don't know. I think it's the coolest thing ever though. I don't like, who Oh cares yeah. If I was oh, wrong, well, it's it's unquote. also, I think, you know, we've kind of talked about this before, but I think with Buffalo specifically is like, they, they really took a huge, and this is, well, they, they bet really big on, on Tage. And we had, well, wow, this is slightly off topic. I don't know if you if you were busy, but we got out. We've been getting absolutely dunked on for our previous Tage Thompson takes. We have been. I getting refuse to participate in that. Like I love, I love it when you guys like get like dunked on with your old takes. But like, I don't. Again, like, where were your takes? If you're if you're like trying yeah. to dunk on that, yeah. like, nobody okay. thought. Tage yeah, Thompson here, here, here's here's yeah. the thing. I was gonna say because like after the next day, there were all these like weird. I don't know. It was just kind of odd. I woke up to like everyone talking about like, like like arguing. It felt like no one was arguing. Everyone was arguing with no one. Is like basically like basically. I want to know where it started. Yeah, yeah well, me that, too. So I don't... here's the thing on Twitter. Usually, if I wake up and I see there's big discourse, I usually try to find the source of it because it's not that hard. Usually, usually it's a main character type thing where somebody said something and everyone is kind of piling on, or you can kind of see the the origin of something but with this one it felt very organic to the point that i didn't really know where it had come from at all and all of a sudden people were just arguing about tage thompson and i was trying to find where this you know kind of in my head to find what the sides were and like who are we arguing with and what's going on because it was i guess the way it worked was i guess the night before we had a tweet that was (laughs) i sent around expansion that said i can't believe the Buffalo Sabres are protecting this player. I can't and believe it was a, they did. Yeah, and it was yeah. a picture of our player card from our site that had Tage Thompson as the rank one, which is the worst rank by our player card stop. There's and, about, I think there's about 10 <laughs> yeah. players, maybe and, 10 total players each year that have the one rank. And then that was that night. I don't remember who it was, but somebody retweeted it, and it got kind of picked up. And then we had all these people coming in, adding old takes exposed on Twitter, which if you're not familiar with, they're like freezing cold takes. Or I actually... I think that I I don't particularly like this account mostly because it's constantly pointing out like things that were like that completely remove any context a lot of the time like I don't know I don't follow them or whatever but they have like 700,000 followers and ultimately they retweeted that tweet of ours onto their timeline so we had all of these people coming in and you know it's funny because like well, we it, have you it, know it just... a lot of we have a lot of Tage Thompson tweets <laughs> um, from the past. Like we have a lot. There's I mean you I went back. You can go and find a lot more than what people have found if you want to. Um, <laughs> well, don't like, encourage people. But well, he was like we talked about this before. He was like the one that you know. And this is nothing against him as a player. He just was like, and a lot of it is utilization. A lot of it was how he was used. A lot of it is just Buffalo having 
a really terrible team for years, and there's a lot of stuff around it. And then also there's the O'Reilly trade that is involved in it too um, that I think has some other stuff in it. But Yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's very been, yeah. loaded. But I was going to say that basically that afternoon, the next day, after that, what did he have, five goals and one assist or five goals, two assists? Did he have a, uh, I think it was, it was just, just five goals, one assist. I think so. I have this um, up. Let me look really quick. Anyway, and so like the it was next five day, goals and an assist, I was like yeah. the whole night I was like busy. I, th- I can't remember. I wasn't at my computer exactly. And I was like, I want to figure out, okay, let me try to find a comp for Tage Thompson, right? So based on our models, you know, I, I could have done this with points, but I didn't want to, and the data would have to have been wrangled up anyway. It doesn't matter. But based on our GAR and XGAR models, I wanted to see, okay, is there a player who started in the NHL and basically matches somewhat closely to Tage Thompson's career path in the NHL, right? I think that Tage Thompson has... He had 180, what was it, 183 games in the NHL before last season. May have been 163. I can't remember. I will pull this up. Keep talking. Anyway, so I was trying to see, and this is kind of a, it's kind of annoying to code this. So it took me a little bit. Um, and so I like, it was just because it's like a weird thing where like you have to anyway. So like basically, if you're if you're there is no one in the NHL in the last 13 years since 07-08 who basically was averaged who was per game played a replacement level player for the first three or four years of their career and then had as big of an increase in one single year. The only real comp, well, and so I should qualify that by saying that the interesting part I was wondering was a player who stayed on the same team. This is what I was trying to find. Is there a player who had played with basically the same team for the first three or four years of their career and then the next season was on the same team and had as big of a like who's the next biggest jump like to like that Tage Thompson did. There's basically no one. Every player who's done this has been traded. So where I'm talking like uh, William Carlson, Valerian Nachushkin, um I'm trying to think of <laughs> William Carlson uh, was expansion draft. That's why I know. they didn't. That's why yeah. they didn't ex- let it leave him exposed. Yeah, <laughs> and so. This is, have, just, uh, wasn't it like Josh Bailey in there too? Yeah, but that's weird because that's like with this, I, I'm using prorated data because that was the data I had. So generally, I like to prorate the seasons up, and his jump was the 12-13 season, which is only 48 games long. So that's was, kind of a was weird. Was Kadri kind of in there in the 12-13 season too? Yeah, no? Kadri was a little bit, but I kind of excluded that because of again, it was a really shortened season. Yeah, um, and I think like basically, if you go down to two years, there's like. Philip Forsberg, kind of his first, but his first two years he really didn't play in in like in Nashville. He played like two seasons, but he only had like I think it was like seventeen games played. So who was not, who was the closest though? Do kind of so the param the, the criteria so, being <laughs> two or three years on the same team, and then year three or four having a huge increase. The only thing I could find that was close with the same team qualifier was kind of Jason Zucker with the Wild. That's kind of the only thing that's close and even then you have to move the threshold for like how what their performance was because like there's players who were like actually really good and then they just went crazy like I think like Austin Matthews is kind of like that just his like he was really solid but not like as good at like best player in another good example yeah so like there are players but Mm -hmm. like that's not out of the realm of possibility right for like a player like Austin Matthews or Nathan McKinnon to be very solid and then have this kind of they jump into the elite status. I think maybe Rant- Rantanen top. is probably yeah. In there Rantanen too. is another one, but like that's not what I'm looking for here because if you would have said Matthews or McKinnon were going to be like one of the best players in the NHL, 
nobody would really call you crazy, right? Because, like, well, yeah, they've been really good. I think Troy Terry was another one that was kind of close. But, again, he was pretty solid in his early seasons. So, it's like... There's just not a comp here. That's what I'm basically saying. At least since 2007, right? Yes, at least since 2007. And and, you know, and we so can't it's like that's the then. funny thing is that like to say that like our if you're going to dunk on somebody for saying Tage Thompson was really bad after his first four NHL seasons, well, you have to realize that there's literally never been an example of a player doing this in the NHL since 0708. Like yeah. and it's I just, think like it too, never happens. <laughs> it almost like dis Qualify. I don't disqualify is not the right word, but like it reduces the value of like actually what you're witnessing. Like I don't understand why. Yeah. Why people would then like go back and think that he was better? Like this is like a 99 percentile. Oh yeah. Event right? Like this is oh yeah something that we see once in a, a blue moon. You know, like appreciate it. Like to me, yeah. you could you could have those two views. You could be like, what did analytics get wrong specifically? I guess. Yeah. Or what did people get wrong? Or you could just be like, wow, like this is like an extremely like rare thing. How great of a thing is it that like we're witnessing? And to be honest with you, like a lot of his value right now is coming from specifically from like skill, which is like hard to evaluate as well, right? Like his shooting. And, you know, he could be bad next year again after yeah yeah right or or you look at like william carlson like i think like the conversation like hockey analytics wasn't as big and i feel like the conversations in hockey weren't as i guess like developed as they are now which is great but like i think even people were like looking at the William Carlson going to Vegas and Vegas kind of as a whole. But I think specifically with William Carlson scoring 41 goals and being like, well, what did Columbus do wrong? And (laughs) thinking that like William Carlson is this giant star and like William Carlson came back to earth as like a good player, but he was never like that 41 goal scoring complete superstar that he was that one year. And I think like appreciating Tage Thompson's prime right now is important and I don't know if he's as good, if he's going to continue to be as good, if he's, if this is really going to be a great bet for Buffalo either, because like his contract hasn't kicked in, like it doesn't kick <laughs> no, in until next but year. The other, yeah, well, the other thing though is they could have waited this year, which is what we were. I was kind of saying is if I was Buffalo, I would have said, let's see what happens next season, because I think and then it's you're more screwed. <laughs> well, that's yeah. the thing. That's well, yeah. So like, but, like it's funny. Again, yeah. Like what we're saying here is <laughs> yeah, if you're so basing funny. your your evidence on prior yeah. history of NHL players. Then if, if, if it doesn't yeah. like it's your take like you're literally gambling because yeah. there the odds of this happening I mean I'm not going to go into odds or probabilities of Tage Thompson it's extremely low it's just so low like yeah. he got paid almost in millions and the contract value is like 50 million right yes and he had scored what like 55 career goals yeah. heading into the season yeah something like that with 38 last year yeah. Like, that's a wild bet. It's still a wild bet. It is. And it's still possible that the contract is not going to look very good. But, like, the thing is that's funny is that if he did – if they did wait, if if Buffalo had done what I think a lot of other teams usually do in this situation, which is a player was not particularly great, they have one really solid year, and then – well, this isn't entirely true because players get paid like this a lot because of the most recent year. But a lot of more modern – a lot of times they would either – they'd say, let's – you know, we don't need to sign this now. Let's see what happens next year. Or, but like if they had done that, 
then like yeah, they're absolutely like because he what was it was it a six was it what was his AAV? I'm trying to remember what his current AAV is. It's like six and a half. I don't remember seven million. I think seven million is what I don't know. Anyway, it's just funny because like what you're saying, Sean, is that it's also like it's not like he's just shooting real like he's his offensive numbers have been really good. Yeah, too. His like, shot this, like his shot production, production and generation. Like he's been and, one of Buffalo's best offensive players this year. And he's still, there's still some struggles on the defensive side, which I think it makes sense because it's kind of that's his the profile. Yeah. But it's just like, yeah, I, I completely wild. agree with you because it's like it's also like when is the last time you saw like a seven foot tall forward <laughs> with this kind of like showing those he's kind of that skill? could have been. <laughs> yeah, but he's Patrick Line. He's he got seven in every feet tall. Way too like Tage Thompson yeah. scores. Oh yeah, like that's the. And people pointed out, like, he scores in many different ways, which is, like, yeah. the entertaining part. It's it's just, like, I don't know. Well, I, and this is, like, we've talked about this before, but I'll say, like, you know, we're, at, after doing this for so long, like, you're more, I find myself more interested in the things that don't happen very often, right? Like, if I, like, you know, and that's the thing where it's, like, with this, it's, like, this is insane. Like, this is crazy. You know, it, it's, like, I think the, there was a game earlier that I think New Jersey uh, beat the, the uh, Columbus, like 6-0 and the expected goals differential on that game was unheard it was through the roof no never really happened before like with that kind of crazy thing and so it's like those are the type of things that I'm find interesting now and that's kind of like yeah I love I love watching hockey but a lot of the time it just like when you watch too much hockey it just kind of gets monotonous oh yeah you gotta for me you gotta so I I need to find like fun things little things that are happening uh, to kind of like you know that keep it interesting and the Tate Thompson story is like crazy it's just like insane like I don't think we're ever gonna see we're gonna see this in the next 10 years like there's this isn't gonna happen this doesn't happen no no it's a load of fun it's a load of fun yeah but with that being said loads of fun our new sponsor <laughs> has a lot of fun to offer you so I think we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be back after this short message The Evolving Hockey Podcast is brought to you by EvolvingHockey.com, your home for advanced NHL statistics on the web. When you become a subscriber to EvolvingHockey.com, you gain access to such evaluation tools as NHL Goals Above Replacement, Regularized Adjusted Plus Minus, Skater Contract Projections, Visualizations, Charts, and much more. Visit Evolving-Hockey.com slash login today to become a subscriber. And we are back. Thank you so much to our same old sponsor as last year and a third. Um, really appreciate them. So I guess <laughs> the other big news today, I don't even know if you guys have seen it. You guys haven't been up for too long. Um, <laughs> I guess Bo Horvat's on the block. I guess it's Wait, supposedly, actually? supposedly the, uh, from what I saw, I guess on Twitter, I don't know if it's true that, uh, the Canucks offered like their best offer to Horvat. He didn't take it, and now they're looking to uh, to trade him away. I did not see it's. Sorry, that really caught me off guard because I didn't. I see I was that hoping right. it and would. Honestly, it did. Well, no, this a is funny reaction. though because, and this is again, I don't want to talk. Well, I don't know. I should stop like prefacing any fantasy hockey talk as like I don't want to talk about it, but. <laughs> In our league, we've some. There was a big trade that happened, and I was like, "Oh, I want to trade. I need a defenseman." And I, I said, like, I'd be willing to trade like a, a good one of my best forwards for like a good defenseman because I need to fill out my lineup a little better. 
and then I said, Bo Horvat is on the block because he's on my team. <laughs> and I thought for a split second that you saw that somehow or whatever because you said it the exact same way I said it was like, Bo Horvat is on the block, I think you said, is what I said. So it threw, sorry, it threw me off there because I was thinking that you, you were involved or somehow became aware of our fantasy hockey league uh, dealings or whatever. But um, I didn't see that. What is, uh, Luke, did you find the news about it? Yeah, basically, um, uh, it was. Uh, Dollawall, Rick Dollawall, is that how you say his name? I I don't know that. Uh, but hearing uh, Canucks made an offer to Bo, Bo Horvat recently and it was rejected. Basically, uh, it's believed the best offer, and he believes it was uh, under eight million AAV. So yeah, Bo Horvat, uh, future. What do we think? Where's he going? <laughs> Probably the so, Leafs, right? Uh, you think they're gonna? Yeah. No, they can't. <laughs> <laughs> who's who's gonna load up this year like Florida did last year? So Bo Bo Horvat is uh, he is wait how old, he's twenty seven right now. He's on the last year of his deal, five point five million, which was signed in uh, twenty seventeen. Um, I was gonna check because I think we still I would forget have... that he's good. Well, yeah. So he's one of those <laughs> players for whatever reason. Vancouver has several players. It, it's him, J T. Miller, and. Uh, who's the other one that I'm thinking of? That uh, 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 it Quinn Hughes? No, I would not put JT Miller in the same category no. as Bo Horvat. No, no, no. But like, I get because and there's another Besser? player. No, not Besser. Maybe it is Horvat. Besser, I don't know. Besser's really falling off. Anyway, Hor- Horvat has been very consistently good. I mean, like good. It's not like he's. I wouldn't necessarily call Horvat like Pedersen. No, not Pedersen. No, I love Pedersen. Wow, we but. actually in terms of total Xgar. On the Canucks over the last three seasons, um, we have Bova, like Horvat is the second best Canucks player. To Pedersen? To Pedersen. Yeah. But Pedersen has played 500 less minutes and 20 less games. So I was, we have, if, oh, I was going to go look at our contract projections for Horvat because this is not all that applicable because he's going to be a year older. Although he would still be in the same age bin, I think. But if uh, Horvat is signing. I guess in free agency, I don't know if a team would maybe sign him right now as an extension. Let's just do that. Uh, let's say oh, signing funny. now uh, with a different team, for instance. Uh, we would have Horvat at 7 by 7.5 is what our most likely deal is. Um, but that's through that's for last year. So, like, I mean, it's it depends on what his season will be this year. But um, he's off to a really good start. He's so, I would assume. Per game. He's got, like, 29 and 28. Yeah, yeah and I, I would assume that he – um, contract year. Con- it, yeah, it, no, watch it, out, I mean, Huberto. <laughs> <laughs> uh, watch out! Oh yeah, he's playing at like the highest rate of uh, his like XGAR since the seventeen oh, eighteen no, season. No, Horvat has been legitimately oh, very. Is good that, this was year. that the year before he signed his last contract? That can't be right. Sixteen seventeen was the year before he signed. Okay, that'd be. It'd be funny if he had another contract year. He had like contract year i wonder if that's ever happened for a player is they literally only play like really well in the year before their contract and then they kind of just chill <laughs> after uh, they sign it i mean it happens it's like the anti matthew kachuk this year <laughs> we're like we we should talk about kachuk, well, matthew too, kachuk but... played insane before matthew kachuk is just he's just clearly one of the best wingers in the league yeah is he the best winger in the league well robertson i said one yeah. of the best i know i'm curious I... what kaprizov robertson <sighs> No, Kaprizov's not in the category. Like, <laughs> John that just hates Kaprizov. John hates Kaprizov. He's just not in the same like tier. Like, I, I think I, uh, the best winger comes between Robertson and Kachuk. 
I think yeah. he'd barely be reaching quite a bit lower to get in Kaprizov. Kaprizov's probably in a second tier. But like, Do you want to know, right? based on our, let's see, based on our, our game projection ratings, you have, those, you have those up right I now. I still do, I think. Oh, those uh, are the best because they have Austin at yeah. number one. <laughs> they do have Austin at number one. Our, our player projections or guard projections heading into this season, we had Kachuk just slightly over Marner. Wait, Marner is a winger, right? Wait, hold on. I'm getting confused. He plays wing and defense. Okay. Uh, and defense. <laughs> um, he, has so, played, he has played. No, I know. This year. So based on based on our projections uh, heading into this season, we had Kachuk as the best winger, um, and then Marner, and then let's see. Who so else is actually, Rantanen. Uh, yeah, Rantanen's kind Ooh, of in the conversation Rantanen too. Might be in that top tier. So I here, to be if we're gonna back this up with our uh, the the ratings, the projections that go into our game projections, I, I think disqualifying the centers is Drysaddle count as a center? Yes. Yeah. yeah so and. I mean, they played together, McDavid, and so discounting the centers, we have Kaprizov as our highest-rated winger in the in the game projection. In the model. game projection, so now Sean model. doesn't like the game projection. No, he doesn't model. anymore. <laughs> they had Kachuk over him. No, that's well, in, okay. In our I will guard say projections, Kaprizov, our player projections. Kaprizov, Rantanen, and uh, Kachuk and Pasternak are basically all tied, and then it's like Marner and Robertson. There, it's all really. Yeah, but close that was before here. this season. Like, I feel like no. There's more signal. Robertson's having a heart quality season this year. I think. No, we yeah. have. In, this is not going. In, this is including this season. This is including now? this season. Wait, which yeah. ones are we talking about? I, I'm like. I'm saying it's 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 a shortened version of this season included in the the projection. So we're taking into account this. We're season taking gar projections for the rest of it's the year. X, X gar. No, it's just it, this is like what I would call. Uh, Which one a, are we on? Are we on the game? Pro- the game projection player ratings. Okay. Which take into account this the current season. Right. So I think there seems to be a slight problem in this <laughs> in this portion of players. That's all. That's all. <laughs> what do you mean? There's a problem. Please define. They're just not sorting them correctly. I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a tier. They're all kind of close. I think that it's uh um. Yeah, it's. I think it's interesting though. I with Marner specifically, I think that he, you know, we've there's there's kind of the anti Leafs thing that comes into effect, and also his contract. But Marner has been really good this year. Oh yeah, Marner um, has been really good. And I think we, our and stuff think, has always really liked Marner. I know like, our stuff has always really liked Mitch Marner, and I know that he's on like a what forty five game point streak now, yeah. game point streak or whatever. No, I'm, well he's. I mean, isn't he? Well, I saw what was the stat they had up on the Leafs broadcast the other night about the the longest. Is it Lemieux? Who yeah, has Mario like a, Lemieux. Like the all time. Like, I think he had a forty six game point streak. Yeah, which is like the, pretty insane. Did I'm surprised Gretzky never like challenged that. Right, like. It, I mean, I don't know. That's Gretzky what, knew that points were, were um, <laughs> a terrible metric. So he well, so, yeah. Let me see if I can go find it. It was something like kind of absurd about where I Lemieux think there's was. one that's longer, actually. Like, I think we, there's one that's like 52 or something stupid. Well, uh, unless the least broad TSN was wrong in their uh, in their their metric that Mario Lemieux held the record for wait, longest yeah, points. Maybe this was – I think it is Gretzky, actually. He had a 51-game point streak. I don't know well, why. Why didn't they have Gretzky They didn't the have top. Gretzky. It must have been qualified with something. Was it wingers? Uh... Was it only wingers that they were showing? Anyway, um, yeah, no, I mean, what, no, I will say Lemieux is a center, right? I don't anyway, know. Sorry. Don't, don't embarrass don't me by me not knowing about historical <laughs> hockey players' positions. Like, this I know, makes, yeah. look, I know Paul Coffey was a defenseman. That's the, <laughs> yeah. What position did Sean Beliveau play? 
Oh, oh come God. on! Don't do this to this me. This is funny because I am I'm actually pretty good with baseball history, like because I grew up with it. I didn't grow up with it for so like I know most of like the historical baseball players and like where they played. But hockey, I didn't watch any. Like I mean, even still though, like it's it's actually kind of hard to go back and watch. They used to like replay old baseball games and stuff. So like I would watch. You could watch them, but I don't feel like there's any service that replays like old hockey games, right? Like like the I, NHL tries to kill old hockey games. They used to have like. NHL Vault. I don't know if yeah. you guys were ever around for that. I I, remember like, I used to it. when I was a kid. Like I would I would go back and watch like old Canadians games, or like uh, old Battle yeah. of Alberta. Like some of the old games that they had on there. Like I'd go watch it. I thought or that those, was like cool. Like those class. I mean, I I would definitely like like to go watch like you know that uh just kind of some of the dynasty teams. Like the didn't the Islanders have that run? Yeah, and the of, Canadians, and the Canadians, and, and the Oilers. And the, and one of my favorite bold. books is is Ken Dryden's book. Is it the game? terrific book yeah obviously like i have a i'm biased with montreal but <laughs> i never talk about montreal stuff on this podcast at least not anymore no I you, you stop i feel like yeah like montreal really was my brand for a bit i haven't been going this much <laughs> and like it's it's like falling off it's Before, so funny how yeah yeah like i mean aren't my the high school and Canadians quote was like john bellavo quote oh my god <laughs> i don't remember what it was okay so what john bellavo um, I aren't the Canadians and the Leafs like the biggest rivals of the Bruins, like historically? Isn't that like Yeah, it maybe the Flyers it, historically too? Canadians, like more recently the Leafs. Okay, yeah. Um anyway, that seems like you're really anyway, but to bring us for trouble. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Let me I'm trying to no, see. So I was looking at this the list. Marner is currently twenty third all time in his point streak. At he's at twenty two games. And is this ba- where is this from? Hockey this reference? Is, uh and it records dot NHL. Oh, okay. The NHL records. This is yeah. NHL records. Um in the kind of the modern era, quote unquote, the most the the most like the most point the longest was Patrick Kane in twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen had a twenty six game. I remember Crosby that, yeah. in twenty ten had a twenty five game. Um, but like, let's be honest. Like, they should disqualify any points from empty net goals. Yes, yeah. We've gotten in <laughs> trouble by this take about saying how I think any like when I don't think a hat trick should include empty net goals. I don't think point streak should include empty net anything. No. Now, so I don't know. But it's all historical. Like, yes and right? no. So. Then you have to go back and you have to like erase different things because it's like let's say uh, I think I'm stealing this like from the Thirty Two Thoughts podcast or something from Jeff Merrick. But I think it was like it, they had this argument too with empty nets, and I don't know if it started with Tage Thompson or what might have been the situation. Was but it the Ovechkin? Ovechkin? Like if you had like goals? Ovechkin breaking Gretzky's record, which is like somewhat likely to happen here, and he has a chance to do it on empty net goal, like he's not gonna pass. Like you shouldn't have him pass it up. Like you know how many oh, empty yeah. net goals Alex Ovechkin's had. So like I don't know. Like it just kind of is what it is. I wonder who they are. Goals? No, they are. Yeah. The funny thing is that because then you start, you open the can of worms. This would be like a Luke thing too, (laughs) of like reducing the value of like power play goals and increasing the value of shorthanded goals because of like their like relative rarity. Yeah. So like I don't know. I feel like you just open up the can of worms and it's easy to just be like, oh yeah, that's a goal, and everybody can agree on that too. Like there's not many things that everybody can agree on here, and everybody can agree that. Well, actually, no. Not here's what I'm going to say. Goals, but here's here's what I'm going to say. I think even strength goals should be worth 1.2 goals. Power play goals should be worth 0.8 goals. Shorthanded goals should be worth one point. No, I'm just joking. But based on the rarity, it seems like in 
this is something in fantasy hockey that I thought was kind of silly is that like power play goals yes, and stuff. Yes, I, I had this conversation. Are like worth points. more, but it's like that shouldn't, it's so much easier to score on the power play than it is at even strength. So shouldn't we be rewarding players for scoring even strength goals and assisting on even strength play? Then yes, instead especially of... because Austin Matthews scores a lot more <laughs> even strength goals. <laughs> but I'm just saying, it's just like kind of, I was thinking about that. I was like, why is it that this is the way it's done? Like you would think that it would be like power play points would be like maybe have a negative weight so that if they're because you would get a point and well, then either, either yeah. punish the and then if, Davids and Leon <laughs> yeah the, the as you said the power play merchants yeah but anyway I did look this up and and the career leading all time empty net goal leader well no sorry there was a double whatever Wayne Gretzky has the most empty net goals which is a surprise with fifty six goals empty net goals why is uh, it a surprise well. I, it's a joke. That was a joke that Wayne Gretzky has. <laughs> most. And then second, can you guess who's second all time? Mark Shifley. Ovechkin. <laughs> Shifley. I'm going to guess you, Ovechkin. You are right with Ovechkin. Can you guess who's third? This is according to statmuse.com. I, Kyle I mean, Connor. I, uh, no. It, it's it's going to be. Um, it's kind of a modern player, though. I, mean, is I, it, I would never have guessed this. Um, uh, Who's a player you that I just. have guessed this? No, not. I wouldn't have immediately thought of this player. Jonathan um, Taze. You're, that's actually a good guess. It, it's cl- I, is okay. it Kane? It's not Kane. So, but it's yeah. Sorry, I my I gave away a little bit in my reaction. Hosa? Yes, Hosa's hey. third overall in empty net goals, and then fourth is Lemieux. Fifth is another modern player. Now, again, there's kind of when did the empty net start? I'm trying to. Remember. Oh, it's probably years forever ago. Forever ago. Okay, another modern player empty net goals. I'm gonna say Bergeron. No. <laughs> You guys have been really close. It's like, Marshawn. It Marshawn. It yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. actually going to be my guess, which makes it worse that Luke said Bergeron, but that was. Gonna be but my it's guess. funny because Gretzky has fifty-six empty net goals in his career. Ovechkin has fifty-three. Ho said forty. So why are we and talking then, about Ovechkin we talking breaking? About yeah, Ovechkin breaking Wayne Gretzky's <laughs> empty net record goal record. He just record. needs four more to break the record. Yeah, four more empty net goals, and he's the high. He scored the most goals on an empty net. Let me just double check in NHL this history. Is, I'm gonna double check this. Is, is that a hockey reference? No, I. This is on this website called StatMuse. No. Okay, the Russian machine never breaks has this, and they they confirm the the totals. Um, Are they taking it from the same source though? This is from December. Eighth, has he had two more goals in the last like four days? Well, I think he, he had, had another. Got to be record watching here. Here's Dude. the thing that's funny though is that like, do you think that the yeah, coaches... hold on, hold on. Ovechkin has seven empty net goals this year already. Yeah, because he's been this chasing what... the record. Well, this is what I'm saying is like, <laughs> are the coaches, just, that was where are the, the coaches the... just playing him on ev- like literally if a team pulls their goalie. Then oh, I okay. think they are. Capitals because are like his whole purpose is trying to get the record, and the Caps yeah. aren't competing for anything this year. Yeah, which is like, well, this doesn't really seem like that. I mean, I I don't want to annoy Capitals fans because I know there's huge <laughs> Ovechkin. We fans never out talk there. about the Capitals. We never do. Podcast. But like, like, come on, like you think like <laughs> really like we're gonna it's go like it's in the rules. I will say that if 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 Gretzky well, that's got what 56, goes back to our whole point, which is like why like these are literally you're just gifting people. It's like when they yeah. when they, when a player has two goals and they want to get a hat trick, quote unquote, then the coach just puts them out on the players the all, net. The players and then all, all the players are trying pucks. to pass to the players so they can get an empty net. It's like an empty net goal and they get a hat trick. It's like, well, that's not a hat trick. Like, come on, <laughs> like that's a free goal. There's no goalie. They're not defending at all. It's like. I don't know. It's just my, it's just really odd. My favorite <laughs> thing was like earlier this season when Bergeron sat at nine ninety nine 
at home against the Blackhawks. And like yeah. it was just a waste of a game. <laughs> but the Bruins tried so hard in the yeah. final minute. Like they just you know, like teams like usually they just go like easy for the last few minutes and like when they're blowing a team out. Like, no, they tried the hardest they tried all game. <laughs> they were cycling everything to try to get Bergeron to score. Is, like is it was it... <laughs> gonna be a non empty net at home one thousand point. And was like, it the... I don't know who was in goal, but they didn't get the memo. Was it the opposite of what the Bruins did against the Coyotes uh, a couple of days ago? <laughs> is that what it would be? <laughs> Dude, that was just like a weird night. Huh, was that the game that the brawl happened at? Yeah. That, yeah, it was. His right? finger got bitten off. Yeah. Yeah, that was that's one of the most nutty things I've Dude, that brawl was legit, too. Did you watch that video? That oh yeah, they him? were going. I saw a little bit of it. Why like, why the hell are Coyotes and Bruins fans fighting? I don't know. People got drunk. I mean, then... but like when's like how I, it just was really I was very confused cuz I didn't see that initially. When, <laughs> it's like when did this become the biggest rivalry yeah. in the NHL? <laughs> it was a, a it was Bruins a Coyotes, watch out. <laughs> Dude, there were like 20 people involved in it. I mean, it was in the state. If you haven't seen it, it was it was pretty nuts. And then yeah, there is Well, yeah. yeah, I just I don't I don't know why people are getting so angry over like hockey stuff. I don't, I don't know. know. Sports brings the I guess that best fandom <laughs> fandom really does do crazy things to people. Like it's, you know, it was just I don't know. I'm so detached from that now that I have a hard time relating. But Luke like, doesn't have any emotionless. Yeah, yeah he doesn't I'm have emotionless. any fun. Luke has honestly, no fun. I'm not gonna like. Well, I, maybe I shouldn't say this on the on the podcast. Don't say I, it. Like, okay, I won't. <laughs> no, I was gonna say I was watching the Wild game the other day. And I was like, I don't fucking care. Like, I'm <laughs> sorry. I don't know why. I Dude, don't you're not excited about Sammy Walker. Uh, he did get called up. I don't know. Did he play? They're he, playing he right now. He made a couple like really nice plays tonight. I saw. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I just like there's this whole thing with the broadcast well, so and like the, the, oh like there it's like I'm so sick of hearing announcers talk about toughness and how grittiness and like well, we need to play like the, blah, this is blah, like blah. the it's, fifth time in the watching the wild that they brought in like a player like Reeves that's just like trying to be out there hitting everybody and not particularly playing all that great and it's just like I get kind of annoyed with that granted that's not a ton of time I still like watching the wild because we got Spurgeon yeah Jared Spurgeon's still my guy well Matt Boldy Erickson at Caprizov Zuccarello it's a fun team it's yeah. just like sometimes it's like I don't well, I really, also will but... say that I, it was very it's been very off-putting not well I it's a little bit and I this is not to say anyone's fault or whatever, but I was really excited to watch Marco Rossi, and now he's just not in the league anymore. I mean, in the NHL, and it's been a little bit of a bummer because yeah, I was that like, has that was like one of my, I was like, oh hell yeah, we get to watch Marco Rossi this year. Um, also, they, yeah, I don't know, they, uh, yeah, okay, enough about the enough about yeah. the Wild, uh, but yeah, I I think we need to we need to um, I hope that that's a the thing that we track is Ovechkin's empty net record because he needs <laughs> that's the thing I think that's more the more uh, important is who the is the year that Tage Thompson scores 70 goals yeah <laughs> that would be huge what what pace is is he is Thompson he's not leading the league in goals is he no I he, mean he might be he's had like two games with four or more goals I think uh he's he's third no McDavid has 25 goals this okay year. it's insane how McDavid is just—it's—it's it's crazy to me how McDavid just year after year he's like, "Yep, he's going to be at the top." I will say also that Adam Fox is a very surprising player. Say it's kind of like Charlie McAvoy, where it's like they just play and they're going to be at the top in the top rankings of our like metrics. Like Fox, McCarr, McAvoy, Bergeron, going to be up there. They don't jump around. Spurgeon are, is I'm, like that I'm too. I'm curious who the most. I feel like it has to be Bergeron who's the most consistent in terms of our metrics. Like our, I think like Spurgeon stuff. is maybe one of the most consistent. Um, Fox is actually surprised. I mean, he's kind of younger, so it's not the same. But it's like you know, there are players like I was looking like if you look at Gostas Bear or like 
I was looking at we mentioned Jason Zucker earlier, but some players just jump wildly all over the. I don't know Fonse what the Kopitar. hell. Yeah, Kopitar yes. is one. I mean, Kopitar's he's he, he was good, but like he jumps from being like best in the league to like maybe top fifty to best in the league to like top thirty. Just you looking know. at our career charts here, comparing like Spurgeon and Bergeron from a rate standpoint, I actually think that Spurgeon might be more consistent than Bergeron. Mostly, not to say that Bergeron is not consistent, but Spurgeon has like been. It's like a straight line yeah, in our X bar chart on it, our. It on is our a site. little bit. It's like kind of insane. But anyway, I was gonna, with the empty net thing. I was just to kind of tie this off. I it's so much. I don't care about empty net stuff so much that I never made tables for <laughs> empty net compiling of data. Like so, we don't actually have empty net <laughs> data on our site, and I wanted to add it for a long time because well, it's we've more, had we yeah. had a people ask for um, all situations without empty net strengths. So people have wanted to be able to look at. What are your what? How many points does a player have with subtracting all empty net uh, goals? Um, which is a little different because like you'd have to. It doesn't matter. But anyway, um, it's funny though because like we also don't include empty net strengths in our RPM or GAR or XGAR models because it's just like super weird because <laughs> like there's no goalie, so it's like it's not the same one. Well, and, and I think it, one of all one of the things, and again. I'm reminded of our needing to do a glossary series on guard, but it was a philosophical choice where it was essentially there's so much selection, like, I don't know, it's not selection yeah. bias, but there's a lot of, like, player, there's just a, it's kind of like the power play, but a lot more specific, I think, but the uh, one thing that we do have a model for is our XG model for empty net goals, which is yeah. one of the jankiest models that I've ever made, <laughs> outside of the plus-minus model I made for fantasy, which the is project- the worst. Yeah. The projections for fantasy for plus-minus, because plus-minus is a terrible metric in a lot of ways and one of them is it's very hard to predict because it's so tied to team strength but the empty net model uh is really silly because basically all the shots are like 70 percent or higher chance of because there aren't you know there's not and they're all from like 100 feet away or however many feet away and a lot of them end up being goals and so it reminds me because i'm right now i'm in the process of kind of starting retraining our xg model to release we should maybe have an announcement, but we do. We will be having updates to our XG model um, probably by the start of the off season. Sometime we're shooting for May, middle of the off season, probably. Middle of the, yeah, yeah, latest, yeah sometime, hopefully. hopefully, but we're we giving are. ourselves a very long time because it's an, enti- an incredible amount of work to redo our XG it model. Is. It's a lot, but in doing this, I'm reminded of how the current process is set up, where we don't. Um, we have an even strength model. We have a power play, or what we call an uneven strength model, which is any. Uh, any shot that occurs when your team has a strength advantage or whatever, and then we have the shorthanded model, and then we have an empty net goal model, and we also will be doing a shootout and penalty shot model as well, which will be also super janky and like kind of weird. I don't really know what that's gonna look. Yeah, like, but it but- was it is kind of funny because we had somebody ask this the other day about why we don't have XG values for penalty shots, and it's kind of one of those things that we just. There's a lot of stuff that we have to deal with, and we kind of just, I think, kind of overlooked it. Like, it was no, just... No, at- I, I remember making oh, the call of, we are not going to include these. So, like, there's not... Yeah, gonna- I think <laughs> yeah. at the time, I mean, this would have been four years ago when we were making the XG models, that um, the penalty shots at the time... Oh, I, I just linked the article. I can't even remember the author. Basically looking into like average. I think at the time we just thought we would do average shooting percentage on shootouts. As, Why didn't like, we the ever do that? I don't know. I mean, 
everything happens. It's all a blur. Well, how many panel shots are there? A there's year? Like not 20, very many. Fifteen. Yeah. It's very. I I specifically, I was very proud of how I coded in penalty shots in our in our play by play processing code. Uh, I I am I was very happy because it just has the shooter and the goalie on the ice, and it's a specific strength state that's coded in there, which is not how it comes in. It still comes in like all the players are on the ice, which they're obviously not because it's just the skater and the goalie. And so I had to like do all this. It was it it was like a whole night where I did this. But anyway, um, but yeah. So this We've just to tie way off topic here. I don't know what we're. Well, we're talking about empty net strength. It's okay, basically like okay. <laughs> I would. It, it it is something though. Like I have seen um, where um, I would like to look at empty net um, time. Like so, how like which team has played the most time with an with their goalie pulled and like that type of stuff. And I do think for defensive value that we there is a potential to add in empty net defense, like so sh- basically shorthanded would be something that um, is that's you can provide defense there, right? Like if you're defending a team that pulled their goalie, or if you're uh, if your team pulled the goalie and you're you know basically have an advantage kind of there. That is one thing that I think that we potentially are missing out on, but I'm actually not sure how we would model that really because you yeah, need the offensive I, and defensive components, and it's just going to be really weird with expected goals, just how high the XG values are on against. If you, yeah, I didn't even think about and that. And so that's like the thing. It's just kind of a weird thing that, and like we just had. There's a lot of stuff to manage, but anyway, um, it is something that we will. I will be adding this at some time in the future. Well, and we're um, going to be redoing our. Um, I, not redoing, mostly just updating the goals above replacement and probably XR model um, as well. Well, yeah, anything that uses XG, which is pretty yeah. much every single thing and on the site, has to get updated. Yeah. Um, and which, we, yeah. There are some things like with the GAR and XR processes, there's, those aren't really going to change at all. It'll just have mostly new, new data that's included, probably just to kind of add some consistency but i don't know we'll have to maybe we won't spoil that uh any any uh breaking news about data changes because i don't think there's gonna be a ton but i think is when we read the xg model it's gonna look exactly the same except for a few little edge cases here and there um but yeah well i think mostly there's some things that that we've known about that we there are the the things that will change will be for the better and will make things better overall um, we're also hoping to properly deal with early season uh, rink bias as well. So we'll have a lot more information about that as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Was there anything else? We're getting kind of close to the end. Is well, I was going to I was gonna that say that didn't talk about. Uh, well, we're kind of at the end there. I was just going to say with the uh, I've been like digging into some uh, goalie shift errors and it's been pretty funny. <laughs> it's like there's a like, handful that I didn't see initially. So there's just really in the old games there's this is some, everyone's like, everyone's favorite topic i know shift it's errors. funny to go in the html reports and see a shift where a goalie like basically they played the first period and then they got pulled at six minutes into the first period and then they didn't come back in until six minutes in the second period so <laughs> it's clearly that they just changed the, the period forward and they didn't actually keep it as in any way it doesn't matter it's very rare <laughs> and i just think it's funny to see where you can literally see that there's a mistake and it's pretty incredible how few mistakes given the number of games there are that there yeah. really aren't that many and it's just pretty yeah shout out to the trackers but anyway sean yeah i just went on a huge rabbit hole while you guys are talking about like <laughs> total expected goal differential since 2007 total like while you guys are just career? rambling on what do you what do you find like report so back. total Five on five expected goal differential for players 
Would career you... numbers. What? Career numbers, you're saying, since 2007. Just my on... computer's freezing. Just on ice. Large, this is a large query. <laughs> so would you guess who's number one? Uh, Datsuk. No. Bergeron. Actually, no. you're just doing XG. And this is on ice? Spectacles, five on five, Expectacles, score and venue adjusted total since 2007. Oh, it's going to be a uh, – let me think about this. It's going to be a defenseman. Yeah, it is. Um, no. Uh, it's not it's a, a defenseman. It's All a the top five are forwards. Is it Mark Stone? No. No, he played for the Senators. Wait, sorry. Is that, this is not This is not team – this is not – It's Pavelski, team. a player we always talk oh, about. Like it's over okay. The I was going to say Bergeron, Pavelski. Then, okay. Then Bergeron, oh. then Crosby, then Marshawn, then okay. Thornton. Marshawn's the only one in that group that didn't – he basically lost two seasons, right? Like he yeah. came in in 2009. Um, and then I thought it was interesting. There's only two players in the top 50 in overall goal differential at five and five since 2007 that have negative expected goal differentials. <laughs> Wait, they, they're in the top 50, 50 of, for goals, goal, five on five, goal five on five goal differential scored than adjusted. <laughs> Uh, but they have negative expected goal differentials. So they have goal differentials above 100. Uh, is it Dreisaitl? Is he in there? No. No. Jay Bomeister. No. Um, uh, Bogosian. They're both forwards, and they're both trash defensively. <laughs> uh, Patrick Kane? Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, why do, you, why do you get mad at me for the Dreisaitl uh, thing? Shif- that that wasn't too different. Shifley. Uh, is it Kuznetsov? No. Oh, Kuznetsov's a good guess. Kuznetsov, yeah, is the other one. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't see any Oilers on here in the top fifty. Because Drysaddle's not all that different than Patrick Kane. Yeah, I mean, no, I not that don't 50. say that. Well, Drysaddle is is yeah a lot different. I'm saying like peak Kane. I'm thinking like peak. Oh, Kane. like bad. Well, so I'm not talking about Patrick Kane right now. I'm I know, saying, but like, Patrick Kane has had guys? so many bad seasons. Wait a second. Yeah, recently he was okay. Anyway, I so Drysaddle's. Goal differential is only 32, which is lower than Val Nichushkin's. I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess um, I'm I'm thinking about I I'm not thinking about the goals against in terms of the goal differential because this is on ice goal differential. Which yeah, is which kind is, of a like the, Oilers, the team stat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it kind of is right. I forgot like, about well, the Oilers. Said 93. Yeah, yeah, but That's he's probably terrible. scored the most goals of in the last whatever five years. I don't know if that's true. It's probably Ovechkin with his empty net goals. <laughs> Last five years that he's sc- scored. No, I'm just I kidding. I'm Matthews kidding. Now. Yeah. Why were you going down this rabbit hole? He was just. Curious. I don't know. You guys oh. are going down a rabbit hole about, about <laughs> empty, empty net, net strengths net and data wrangling and data like up to fixing data, um, cleaning data. Anyway, I think we yeah. should we should uh, put a bow on this here. That is and, pretty funny that it, it was. Uh, what is it? Kane and Kuznetsov. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those were the Kuznetsov specifically was the one that I Austin used. Matthews does lead last five seasons in goal differential with two on. No, oh, with goals. Not goal oh, just total total. There goals. was this yeah, is yeah. a whole thing back in the day with Eric Carlson. I think we've talked about. Oh yeah. This, well, this is his, this goes into the the reasons why. Well, it's you don't look at on just raw on ice goal differential. Yeah, and, or specifically goals against, which is one of the reasons why we don't include that in our RAPM charts. Right. for goal differential, then Bergeron, then Marchand, then Matthews, then Pasternak. Well, that's because that's after the atrocious Avalanche season where they drafted McCarr afterwards, right? <laughs> the sixteen seventeen Avalanche. That's like one of the worst teams of the last. They were 13 so years. bad. It's yeah. so funny how bad they were. It's like that. What is it? Well, the Coyotes have one. The Sabers from fourteen fifteen. 
Florida's in there. Arizona's, Florida, Florida's yeah. 12-13 season is also yeah. atrocious. I think Edmonton has a really bad one. Maybe they're one of their 15 years, 2014-15, um, maybe 15-16. Oh, that was probably before they, 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 they were probably tanking for McDavid. Yeah, it was around oh, that man. time. I mean, we're going to have some compete. You know, we've been saying this, but like the yeah. Blackhawks, they are in the Ducks. Who's so, Sean, to finish off, who do you think? Well, no, I don't even know if we want to go down. I was going to say, who do you think's the worst team you've watched this year? Was it the Blackhawks at one time? Because the Ducks have looked Ooh. really bad when <laughs> that I was watched by them. far the worst performance. I know, I know the Ducks have been really bad. The, <laughs> the Blue Jackets, true. Like, yeah, you know, honestly, it is a battle to tank it really is <laughs> the thing is though is the coyotes aren't as bad as i thought they would be yeah you know, i that's agree what's yeah, yeah. really been blowing my mind <laughs> i do think there's an argument that the that the blackhawks are the worst team in the league oh i, I think I, there's an argument I, I i don't necessarily buy the ducks yet something in me makes me feel like the ducks are better than what they are right now yeah I, well yeah it's yes i agree the other thing with the Coyotes is that uh, um, uh, uh, Vimelka, right? Is that how you say his name? Vimelka. Vimelka um, yeah. has been really, really, I think, really solid for them, too. So, the, like, well, you can't tank with a good goalie. But there aren't as many no. defensive breakdowns the Coyotes as I think one would expect. Yeah, I kind of I've agree. I, I agree with you. Um, who like What's Anaheim's goalie situation been like this well, year? Well, it's Gibson, but he's like... I mean, oh, yeah. Gibson has been having. He used to be incredible. Gibson Some of this arts. is the defensive structure of the oh, yeah. Ducks is so bad. I think they're choosing <laughs> yeah. to be bad. Like yes, well, because it's so, so. What are we? I mean, the Flyers are pretty far down in these a lot of the time in in these kind of metrics too. But it, it is funny. I think that as it comes down to it, I, I you know it'll be interesting if we see some home t- home fans start cheering for yeah. the op- opponents. <laughs> We're like, too early. We're too early for that. I also think that that I was... I don't know. Do you I think, think that's... World Juniors. I think if World I, Juniors, people see, like, Bedard becomes, like, more of a story. Yeah. And as we start to hit the... Like, I think you might be able to see that. I'm interesting... And I'm interested to see what Philly will end up looking like here. Well, the problem really with Philly is they... I really want to go down there they, yeah. in April. <laughs> I'm only going if I can sit in the press box because that sounds like just like a place to just oh, die. Yeah. And I just want the, the mood. I want to feel the vibes in April when <laughs> play there. The, the problem, I think, if we're looking at tanking teams, the problem with Arizona and and Philly specifically yeah. is they like you can't have Carter Hart out here. Yeah, he, like he's been so good. Slash this year. out his knees. Yeah, yeah. they like, gotta trade him. Watch, watch, like Fletcher just I, be like, yeah, we're we're, we're going hard uh-huh. tank. No, 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 no. Blackhawks, you guys just wait. Dude, hey, Blackhawks, you guys want to take uh, Carter Hart and and. Uh, and we'll trade. How about how about Carter Hart for Jack Johnson? Yeah, it's Let's, it's like a problem for if you're if you're tanking as Arizona or Chicago or and and Philly, and you have you have uh, Vermelka and um, and Hart. Like that's kind of a problem. Yeah. Look at Anaheim; they got nobody going. Yeah. Look at Chicago; <laughs> they got nobody going. Yeah, like you got it. That's the level you need to be yeah, at. Yeah, the here. Sabers Columbus. traded Columbus too. Yeah, like those. Like if Colum- you want to you know, know how to tank, you look at the Sabers. Yeah. the season before I, they drafted no, or they you were tra- the you look at the Blue Jackets right now going up nine. Goals. Goals to the Buffalo Sabres. Okay, yes. yes. But so I'm saying the one- that the Sabres, they were tanking so hard, they had a goalie that was playing too well, and they traded him. Yeah. Exactly. That is how you tank. That's, that's the level that, that you need to That is the level, on. the bar that we're need. Yes. That's the bar. Like, the Blackhawks and are, are up there. Like, they are up there. Yes. The Blue Jackets are kind of approaching it with some of the losses they've had this year. <laughs> and, like, you know, but Flyers the, and, and Coyotes, if you guys want Bedard, you gotta you're going to have to work harder at it. Yeah. Because, you know, 
there's teams that are really trying to be I, bad. I will say the final thing I'll say about this is that because I don't want to continue cause keep laughing at te- bad teams, I guess. Although I think it's pretty obvious. I think that this you should. I honestly yeah. think we should be finding but, teams. Like yes, <laughs> but I don't think there's another fan base. I think I could see the Flyers getting close, but like there, there's something that feels special about the Sabres fan base is like they have the ability to cheer for their team to lose. I don't know why, but like it it just seems like a very specific like Buffalo thing because i feel like i don't think like a canadian even a canadian i was trying to think what other teams fan base would be like but it's not like an it's not like a jeering like negative vibe with the sabers it's like it's like an endearing it's like like an endearing because they all want to be maple leafs fans at the end of the day and i think no 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 no, no. we're gonna censor this i think we're censoring this i think that they moonlight as maple leafs fans like when everybody else goes home they're actually maple leafs fans because that's all they want because they know Buffalo sucks. <laughs> anyway, I just want to qualify that I'm pretty sure that that goalie trade with the Sabres happened. I remember this. I cannot remember the name of the GM, and I'm pretty sure that they traded a goalie who was This will be the last thing because we year are... Ryan Miller got traded? I thought, that was... I thought he got traded way before. I think he got traded before then. This is 14-15, correct? Who was the goalie then? I'm trying to remember. I'm looking this up right now. 14-15 Buffalo is what we're talking about, right? I think so. Um, I'm pretty sure that it was... Was it Lindback? I think it was Lindback. It was like a goalie was playing well for a short period, and they were like, "Nope," and they traded. They traded a goalie it, away. I want to let me see. Okay, it's either because I remember we specifically that year that was like early in our kind of wild fandom, and I didn't quite understand what was happening. And we watched a the Wild play the Sabers in Buffalo. That was when Marcus Foligno was still on the Sabers. And I remember that game. I think the Wild like won. I think they scored like seven goals or something. And I remember really like this is the worst hockey team I've ever seen. <laughs> like this specifically was a memory being like, what am I even watching? I think John Scott was on that team too. Was that I think? Um, I'm having trouble finding the. I I think I know what you're talking about, but maybe it was was it it wasn't thirteen fourteen or fifteen sixteen. Wait, I don't know. I get all these dates mixed up. Okay, let's not go down this Whatever. rabbit hole. We've gone way too long on it this. Is but where I'm, yeah, t- I'm a... shout out like. Or just, you know, we're putting it out there. If you guys want, you know, there's teams that are tanking really hard right now, and we're going to have to get some more competition in the tank, uh, <laughs> if you know, this year. Because there's, you know, we, we got some setups here for some really, really bad teams to take shape. Yeah. You know, I want to see a 140-point season from a team because there's, like, five teams <laughs> that are going to finish with, like, 60 points or I something. I mean, the, the Bruins may very well end up with 200 points this year. <laughs> And the devil. They can't. No, it's literally impossible. I'm joking. I, but I anywho, know. I guess we'll take it out on uh, this note. Watch out for Ovechkin's empty net. Empty net. <laughs> goal mark. The goal record. Watch out, watch out for the uh, the tank commanders. Uh, it's like Call of Duty out here. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, God, yeah. We'll be back with, so with another episode. Thank you for bearing through another hour long conversation with us and. Uh, we will hit you with a very special next episode. I'm yeah, we didn't even serious here. Yeah, we, we didn't have even... a guest. We have a guest. We're doing two episodes this week. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll just, it's we'll hilarious. We said beans. before we were going to do this episode, we keep it shorter and it ended up being long. So it uh, always well. does. It yeah, always it is. Does. Our, anyway, our, remember our initial goal for a podcast is like half hour. I know. <laughs> we just yeah. yeah. It's too. Yeah. It's organically feels like thirty minutes a segment. Is just yeah. that feels like when it naturally comes to a yeah a close. Anyway. Yes. All right, take it easy, yeah, Sean. We'll, take it easy, we'll see you later. Smash that like button. Yes, yeah, of course. Yeah. And we'll be back. Yeah, thanks, Sean. <laughs> <laughs>